0: Hey guys, it is Tuesday, October 5th, episode 180. And today I have Crypto Wendy O of the O Show. Wendy's one of the best crypto influencers in minds on YouTube and social media. She has a very large following and she's very good at what she does. I highly recommend that you check her out and subscribe and give her a follow. Also, we do our own analysis. Be sure to subscribe to the Block Hash Research newsletter. It's only $250 a month, and you get advanced analysis from Block Hash Research. And as always, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about crypto blockchain, The Yo Show, and Crypto Windio Enjoy. Awesome. Wendy, welcome to the Blockhash podcast live. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. Thank you for having me and a cool intro.
0: Oh, thank you. Uh, my friend makes all the music so it's kind of helpful to have a friend that's kind of into the music industry a little bit <laughs> yeah. get free intros and stuff like that. Um anyways, um tell me a little bit about yourself and your background, you know, how did you, you know, want to get into this industry? What was the thing that, you know, got you interested?
1: So I initially I kept hearing about Bitcoin like on Libertarian Radio and I was first introduced to Bitcoin um, back in 2011. But I didn't think I was smart enough to do it because you see all these like tech savvy people like on the Internet and whatnot. And I never thought that I'd be tech savvy enough to like participate in anything tech related or Bitcoin. so I was like at a diff- I was at like a changing point in my life and end of 2017 when I first bought my first portion of Bitcoin Ethereum and Litecoin and I wanted to be an entrepreneur I wanted to be able to be a stay-at-home mar- mom because I had just had my daughter and my commute was 3 hours round trip four times a week in healthcare and I just couldn't do it anymore. So I like I quit my job um to finish school full time. I was in, in school partially at that time and then I bought you know, invested in crypto. And then I kind of learned like how important it was because you generally don't learn about when it when it comes to Bitcoin and crypto, you don't learn about how important it was until you actually invested. like because you're not really forced to learn. I feel like people it's like a huge it's like a huge life changing moment when you actually have money on the table and you're like, OK, I need to learn how to do this stuff to make money or so I don't lose money.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. Once you put money on the table and you get into the industry, um, you know, actually as an investor, then you start feeling the pressure a little bit, and then you take it a little bit more seriously. Um, was there anything like in particular that you invested in at first um, that really got you in?
1: Well, it was Bitcoin. I mean, I did. I think I did thousand dollars in Bitcoin, a thousand, or maybe five hundred in Ethereum, maybe five hundred in Litecoin. I would have to check my Coinbase account from way back when. Um, but those were like the main ones. And then I was like, okay, well let me start investing in altcoins because end of 2017, everybody was making crazy gains on altcoins. But then I also was like, I need to learn how to trade. So I kind of like taught myself how to trade towards like beginning of 2018 um, because the pumps started not being as sustainable as they were before. And I just noticed that you can make a lot of money if you kind of knew a little bit, knew what you were doing. But it was really like learning about Bitcoin was kind of like, game changing for me because it forces you to learn about the federal government or excuse me the mm-hmm. federal reserve and all of these really predatory things that are going on in finance and i'm like i need to know about this i need to like i need to this is the way i can improve my quality of life i didn't know how i was going to do it i just knew that this was going to be the way or kind of help me do so
0: yeah that's the great thing about bitcoin actually is i feel like for most people it it forces you to learn more about the monetary system and more about what money is more than I think people have before in the past. Um, I think that's just an added perk. Um, how did you learn to trade? Do you take like a class or did you just learn as you went? Um, what was there any process to that?
1: Yeah, so I saw all of these anonymous cartoon characters on crypto Twitter like posting charts. I was like, I can do this. I have a pretty strong math background because I worked in healthcare and at the time I wanted to become a pharmacist and if you want to do anything in healthcare, you have to have a heavy back math background, which some could argue you really don't need it because most of the pharmacists I work with, they would Google stuff, which is kind of embarrassing, but anyways. Um So I had a pretty good strong or I had a pretty strong math background. So like when I heard the term moving averages or whatnot, I kind of started to learn what RSI was and MACD or Bollinger Bands. I was like, oh, these are just math backed. All these are just Mm -hmm. like, I I felt like it was very repetitive. It was like doing like dosage calculations or it was like solving derivatives, all kinds of different things on a whiteboard. So I would just take the same indicators and the same strategies and I would look for similarities. And the way I was able to do that was I saw people posting charts on crypto Twitter. Um, I got a hold of TradingView, and then I got a hold of Investopedia. Investopedia is 100% free website. You can literally type in anything you want to learn there and it'll give you a breakdown. It's super easy. And I would just Google stuff. I bought two books used on eBay. I think it was The Idiot's Guide to Technical Analysis and The Dummy's Guide to Candlestick Charting. And there was like under 20 bucks. People made fun of me that that's where I learned. But at the same time, it didn't really matter because I was making money and it was super easy for me to grasp.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel you like from the math perspective. I have a um, past medical background as well because I was going to go to medical school to be a doctor um, and got my degree in neuroscience. And actually, I pivoted from that into, into crypto uh, for various reasons as well, and wasn't sure how to apply a lot of that stuff, a lot of the math and arithmetic that I learned, um, and a lot of the studies we used to do in the software, and then figured out that it's actually you know applies pretty well to trading. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, a good leeway into that. So I kind of feel you on that. Um, so okay, from trading and you know learning all this stuff and picking it up and doing it from trading view and um, learning kind of on your own. Is that what you primarily wanted to take into creating the O Show, or was there another purpose behind that?
1: So the reason why I started the o Show is because when I got into crypto end of 2017, they had events. But these events, you would have to pay to get in hundreds of dollars and it would be people shilling their ICO, which fine, I, I, there's no shame in that. People can do whatever they want to do. I'm not here to judge anyone. But at the same time, I was super poor. Like I grew up poor. I was super poor like throughout most of my life. And I was like, I want to network this is how i can do make something of myself is i need to network like that's the that's the key to in, to any successful entrepreneur is networking so i was like i don't want to pay for these meetups this is stupid and i didn't have money to pay for them either you know a brand new daughter, all kinds of stuff. Um, So I said, I'm going to host my own events. So I started hosting my own events. And then a lot of people on crypto were so excited about it. I was like, they're like, can you stream it? Can you stream it? So that's when I started the YouTube channel to stream. And if you look at some of my very, very early videos, it's live streams of me talking about technical analysis. Um, Because then we started doing live streams at um, an OTC desk in San Pedro, California, crypto space. And people, we'd get anywhere between 20 and 50 people come and we'd talk about TA, talk about setups what I'm seeing in the market. People would share the information. So that was like some of the reason why I started the YouTube channel.
0: How long did it take you to get it going? Was there like a a breakthrough point for you where you said, okay, like it's starting to work or anything like that?
1: My, My channel took a long time to work. Like I am probably, there's like three crypto female YouTubers like, and not, a, and if there's some of the smaller ones, big shout out to you guys, but a lot of them don't do news. They don't do TA. They don't do a lot of the other things that I'm doing. So it's like kind of hard for to grow a female channel when I know people are gonna be like, no, that's not true, but it, it's literally true. Cause my information is basically the same as some of the guys, but, um, I didn't really start to see a lot of growth till 2020. So I was doing it since the end of 2018, no summer of 2018. And then I really saw a lot of growth in 2020.
0: Yeah, there's not a whole lot of women kind of in um, crypto, at least from creating content from that perspective. I'm seeing a lot more like on Twitter and stuff, but not quite on YouTube. Hopefully that happens a little bit more in the future because you guys are actually a lot more fun to watch And you guys explain things really really well (laughs) Um,
1: I hope I hope more start to join because it's a lot of it's a lot of fun But it also can be hard too is because people will focus on like my appearance like they'll say negative things about my appearance as opposed to wow That was a really great call and like my stuff is a lot more conservative than a lot of the moon boys Which no shame to them either, but they focus on like aesthetics as, as opposed to like actual content, which is kind of frustrating, but whatever it is, what it is. I'm just thankful to be here.
0: Yeah. And I've watched your show. It's really good too. You definitely use a lot of detail and you go into a lot regarding TA. Um, yeah, you're welcome. Do you focus on anything particular in terms of indicators or things like that, or that you prefer that you like to use when you're, you know, analyzing markets is it like a go-to for you?
1: It honestly depends. It kind of depends the mood I'm in, like what I'm feeling like some days, like you know, a Bollinger band works really, really great. Other days, EMAs work great, but I really like the naked charting a lot. I like looking at a chart that's completely bare and then adding support and resistance areas and kind of determining what time frame I want for a particular trade I want to enter in. So it really depends. Some of my go-tos are EMAs, 9, 21, 30, 50, 100, 200, Basic support and resistance lines, trend lines. I do like MACD a lot. I like stochastic. I like RSI. I use market cipher. I'll use Bollinger Bands. Um, so it kind of just depends what type of um, MFI money flow index is really great too. It kind of depends what, I'm, what it is and what I'm doing.
0: Is there a place that you source a lot of information from? I know a lot of people like using places like Glassnode and stuff like that to get like really um, deep insights and to figure out how they want to do their TA and charting. Um, do you have a source that you use or anything like that? Or do you kind of uh, pick things up as you go?
1: I, I, Glassnode is great and a lot, and Santiment is great too. I just don't use a whole lot of that stuff because I feel mm-hmm. like, like for me, I feel like it overcomplicates things. And if I'm looking at all of these different resources, then that's going to impact my ultimate trading goal, like my guy, like my, you know, I'm going to be using all these different things as opposed to listening to myself. And I notice I do a lot better when it's just me looking at the chart myself without outside indicators. Like, of course, like if I want to do more longer term analysis, I want to pay attention or sometimes I'll look at, I think it's Bybit, b y b t B Y B T.com, which will tell you all the liquidations and whatnot. So I'll sometimes I'll look at that on occasion. If I'm interested in getting into a leverage position, it really all depends like how much time I have and how I'm feeling that day.
0: Got it. Got it. Um, let's take a step back and look at things from a a higher perspective, a little bit from a high view. Um, you, okay. There's, there's a whole bunch of stuff happening in the news lately, crypto wise, um, you know, and we've had a very interesting August, very interesting September going into October, you know, potentially in a bull market, potentially, um, you know, stalling out who knows how the rest of the year Um, You know, ends up panning out. Do you have an opinion on where you think, you know, Q4 in 2021 will end up for crypto? Um, Do you think that we're still in a bull cycle or do you think that there's, you know, just too much going on?
1: This is the thing that no one wants to talk about: is that you're never going to know you're in a bear market until like it's full on bear market. So that's that's a thing, and people will always be, like, "Wendy, you don't know what you're talking about." No, that's what happened in 2017. Like every like when once we hit that peak in 2017 of 20k, like we kept thinking, "Okay, this is just a correction; it's going to go back up," and we kept getting like we were at the top, and we kept getting these like lower highs, lower highs, lower highs, and we're kind of experiencing that now to an extent. Um, so me, I I have been actively taking profit. On all my stuff. People call me an idiot for that, but I don't care because I lived through the 2017 bear market. I'm going to continue to take profits into stables and earn, you know, passive income on that. And as far as it comes with Bitcoin, I'm just watching and seeing what areas that we break and when that happens. And then I'm going to determine, you know, if this, like I like to, I like to trade or invest like this. If X happens, then Y is going to happen. And I like to use that data to make my decisions. I still do think we are in a bull run. However, we do need to break $53,000 because if you draw a trend line um, from the, top of 65 and you touch some of those swing wick highs, you'll see that that's kind of a pretty important area. Um, Also too, economically and geopolitically, we're like all over the place. It's kind of a scary time right now. So Mm -hmm. it's really hard to be like, just because the indicators are looking great, the chain analytics are looking great. We all have all this stuff coming out of Washington, stuff coming out of China. So we kind of have to take all of that data into consideration as well. And use that in our analysis and be like, well, what's happening with the money printer? What's happening in the Federal Reserve? What's happening in China? What's happening like with the panorama? So I think it's important to kind of look at this market a little bit differently than some of the other markets because we're not as stable as we once were. And I'm not saying this to give bad news or to scare people. I'm just saying, I think that this is important information that we shouldn't just be like, we're going to the moon because what happens if we don't go to the moon?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's important to keep in mind. You got to be, you know, pragmatic as well. I mean, it's not like we're just going to all of a sudden magically go to a hundred thousand, you know, there's, you know, things that have to take place and it has to be the right environment, the right setting and everything has to kind of click. Um, you know, we're getting really close to 53. I think we're at 50 today. Um, mm-hmm. just kind of hovering around that range, getting, getting really tight on the charts. Do you think that maybe it might take one more like Big event to really get Bitcoin past 53. We got you know Jerome Powell coming out and saying positive things, and that they're not going to at the Federal Reserve ban crypto or take measures like that. There's a potential ETF that could come out at least at least for Bitcoin futures. Um, Brazil's considering legalizing Bitcoin or making Bitcoin legal tender. Um, is there anything that sticks out that might potentially be that one thing that could help Bitcoin get over that 53,000?
1: I mean, all of those things that you mentioned, they're very, like, they're all speculative, and that's great. A lot of it's very positive, good news, but like, I don't remember the exact date that El Salvador came out and had Bitcoin be, become legal tender, but we, we did like that news was so massive. And I feel like we didn't get like a crazy pump when that happened. And any time after that, like we kept getting all this great news from El Salvador. So we didn't get really a crazy pump with that stuff happened. And then when we had the China Fed, we didn't really get that big of a drop. So I think that those are all positive catalysts. However, um, it's just speculative at this point.
0: Got it. Yeah, I think El Salvador came out like the September first week of September, like the second or the third, something like that. Um, it's definitely been crazy. It went up crazy the first week of September. It I'm talking about bearish. like over the
1: summer, though, when we were like oh, in yeah. the downtrend, because we didn't get that reversal until July 20th, 21st. That's like when the bottom was. I think it was 30K. Um, so we didn't get the reversal then, but there was all this positive news because it came out of Bitcoin Miami, but we were still in that downward cycle. That was what I meant.
0: Okay, gotcha. Um, do you, is there anything that you think could be a potential black swan that could make crypto potentially go the other direction? Or again, do you think a lot of it is more technical than it is news cycle worthiness?
1: Honestly, at this point, it depends. And I know I'm not giving straight answers, but it's like, we're, we're really in a different time than we were. It's very much like 2008 vibes to me. Like I knew Mm -hmm. so many people who completely got absolutely obliterated in 2008 and like half of the world isn't even open up yet. So it's very like, there. I, I feel like we are on the edge of a black swan event, but it's like, we don't know what that event is. And we're not going to know until after it happens. And that's the definition of a black swan event. Everybody knows something's coming, but you don't know what it is. And then you know, after it's happened, and then they classify it as a black swan event. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's hard to tell what that could possibly be at all. Um, there's so much going on in the world, so much economically with COVID still and the pandemic. It's not- Panorama, over. I'm just kidding. Panorama. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that's going on that's just not over. Um, you know, a lot of issues with inflation in the U.S. and, you know, presidency and what Congress is doing, potential laws coming out. Who knows, right? It could be a number of different things. Um, anyways, to kind of slowly start wrapping it up, how can people, um, you know, follow you and find you on social media? I know you have the O show on, on YouTube and you're very prominent on Twitter. Um, where else should people go?
1: Um, I'm on TikTok a lot. TikTok is so much fun. Like, I very... It's just a lot of fun to make content there. But honestly, you can find me anywhere at CryptoWindio. My website is CryptoWindio.com. One thing to note is I have a lot of impersonators and scammers. I will never ask you for money. I will never ask for private keys. I don't have a trading course. Um, The only thing I think that is paid that we do is the, the Crypto Nights. And it's like 25 bucks a month. And it's just to kind of get more access to all of us creators. And it's that one of the reasons why I decided to do that is I get Um, anywhere between 50 to 100 emails a week with people asking me questions and I don't have the manpower to answer them all the time. So like we have a free portion of crypto nights and then the paid is $25 for everything. Um, But other than that, I'm never going to ask you for money. I'm not going to pop in your guys's DMs. I don't have any services. I may ask you for tacos or pizza, (laughs) but I'll never, I literally will never ask you guys for money and please don't give money to anybody on the internet ever.
0: Yeah. What's crypto nights real quick?
1: So it's a Discord group with a bunch of us crypto TikTok creators. Um, a lot of the guys are really great at fundamental analysis and crypto weatherman's there. He's like an outstanding TA guy. So just a big community of like 40,000 of us. We just kind of hang out and chat and I'll probably be doing like a monthly um, like Zoom call with everybody just so they can ask questions and we can hang out. Um, but that's pretty much it. And I'm just I'm on the I hang out on the Internet and talk about um, crypto all day. <laughs>
0: Well, that's a fun life. Everyone loves that. And I'll send you some tacos. I won't send Yay! you any Bitcoin. but I'll send you tacos. That's
1: fine. You can say, if you guys send me tacos, I'd be so, I love hard tacos. They have to be hard tacos. I mean, I love pineapple <laughs> pizza and cheeseburgers with extra cheese and ketchup.
0: Those are all good things.
1: Yeah. That's okay to send, like, that's a nice thing to do is send somebody like a cheeseburger. Be like, Here's there's, the cheeseburger.
0: there's nothing wrong with that. Those aren't financial products at all. So yeah. I think they're okay. Anyways, Wendy, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, I know you're, you know, busy person, um, tight schedule, but really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Have a great rest of your day.